0: Our gospel reading this morning comes from the second chapter of the book of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. Calling together the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, Now, one of the traits that I pride myself on is my gift-giving. I really love giving the right gift to the right person. There's something really satisfying about that to me. During the Christmas season, I actually get more excited about giving gifts than receiving them, although I like to receive gifts also. But I really love thinking about what gift would be perfect for someone and wrapping it up and then giving it to them and seeing them open that gift that I've given them. And I think good gift giving really requires two pieces. The first is that it requires knowledge of the person you're giving the gift to. You know, what do they want? What books do they have on their bookshelf already? What genre of music do they like? What size shoe do they wear? You need to know what their hobbies and their interests are. You have to know the person you're giving a gift to. But the second thing you have to have to be a really good gift giver is you need to have a knowledge of the relationship between yourself, the giver, and the person you're giving the gift to, the receiver. Obviously, I'm going to give a very different gift to, say, Enoch, because he's my son, than to my sister. And it requires a totally different level and price range of gift-giving to one of my kids' teachers at school to say thank you versus to my own mother, right? Like, gift-giving requires a knowledge of the kind of relationship between you and the other person. I love gift-giving because I think it's a really tangible way of showing someone that you love them and you care about them. It's a really tangible way of honoring another person. And today's story, the story of Epiphany, about the magi coming from the east to meet the infant Christ, this is, at least in part, a story about good gift giving. Now, on one hand, there are a ton of comics out there about how bad the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh really are for parents of young children. I mean, I can tell you they weren't on my baby registry, and I've seen a lot of baby registries recently, and they are not on a single one. Not a single parent these days is asking for gold, frankincense, or more. I um, was on Facebook this morning, and someone had put up a cartoon that was the front of their church bulletin, and I had wished that it, we had had it in time to put it on our bulletin. It, um, the caption read, After the three wise men left, three wiser women showed up. And it shows these three elderly women bearing gifts of frozen dinners and fresh diapers and a live-in nanny, which seemed to me that they would have been more thoughtful gifts for Mary and Joseph at that point in time. But as Babies R Us and Amazon.com and Baby Registries were nigh on 2,000 years in the future, these magi instead showed up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh in their treasure chests. And I think these three gifts actually have something very specific to say about what Jesus needed from them and their own relationship to this baby, the Messiah. So first we have gold. And gold is sort of the easiest of these gifts for us to understand. I mean, it's useful enough. You could spend gold. It's valuable. It's a precious gift. And we understand, I mean, you know it from the song that we'll sing later, that gold is a gift that represents royalty, it's a gift that you give to the king. When we sing in We Three Kings, the verse about gold says, born on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. So this magi shows up and he opens his treasure chest and gives this infant child a gift that says, you are and you will become the king of the people. Gold is a gift, literally fit for a king. The second wise man shows up, and he opens his treasure chest, and he presents frankincense. Now, I came to know the scent of frankincense very well when I lived in Ethiopia because it's the scent burned in all of the churches. It's the incense that they still use to this day. And they use it because um, frankincense actually comes from the sap or the resin of a tree that grows in Ethiopia. So, It's a little bit faded because it's about 10 years old now, but I brought some bowls of frankincense um, that I'm going to pass around. And you can smell it if you would like to. Um, It's not too overwhelming, I promise. So frankincense is a very, very old scent. It's one of the oldest scents in the world because people have been burning tree sap as incense for thousands of years before Jesus was even born. If you had shown up at the uh, temple in Jerusalem, you would have smelled this scent. The earliest churches in Ethiopia have always burned this. This is a very old scent. And frankincense has always been used by people as an offering to God or an offering to the gods, depending on what particular people group you're talking about. And so this particular gift said something specific Again, in the song, We Three Kings, we sing, Frankincense to offer have I, incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising gladly raising, worship him God on high. So when this second Magi shows up and presents Jesus with a bag full of hardened frankincense resin, this is a gift which would be offered to a god. It's a temple gift. So if the first gift of the Magi was a gift fit for a king, This second gift is a gift fit for a god. Now finally, we have myrrh, and myrrh is also a tree resin. It comes from this really like nasty looking thorny bush that grows in the Horn of Africa region. And much like frankincense, uh, it's something that you would recognize from the scent of churches that burn incense. It's a very common incense smell in Catholic and Orthodox churches. But that actually is because of this story. Orthodox churches and Catholic churches started burning it because it was a gift of the Magi. Before the Magi came along, before the baby Jesus was even born, myrrh was not something you would have found in temples or in churches. It wasn't used for religious purposes originally. Originally, myrrh was used in embalming dead bodies and in medicine, So oil of myrrh was extracted from the plant and people would mix it with wine and they would use it as a mild painkiller for things like a toothache or other mild ailments you might have. They would take this oil and they would mix it up and make an ointment or a perfume and people back as far as the ancient Egyptians would actually use this ointment of myrrh to embalm and prepare dead bodies for burial and for death. So, this third gift is a little bit odd. Why would the Magi be bringing to an infant this oil or this ointment, this gift that is associated with pain and with death? We don't often hear this song, this verse of the song, sung in many Christmas albums because it's kind of the dark verse of uh, We Three Kings. But the Myrrh verse is interesting. It says Myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. It's not exactly like bright, happy Christmas music there. But it tells us why the Magi brought myrrh to this baby, the Messiah. It's not a gift for a king or for a god. This is a gift that you would give to someone who is going to experience pain and suffering and will, in fact, die. In the Gospel of Mark, myrrh comes up again later in the story at the crucifixion. They mix myrrh with wine, and they offer it to Jesus as he's on the cross. It's a prescient gift, if nothing else. It may not be hopeful or bright or cheery, but it's a gift that marks this baby and says that this is a child who will know sorrows. And so these three gifts, as odd as they might be, they do sort of pass that first bar of good gift-giving. Each gift in its own way is something that shows that the magi have come to know this Messiah. They know who he is, and they know who he's going to become. They know him as a king and a god and a man who will experience sorrow. But I think these gifts actually pass the second Test of good gift giving as well, these gifts are very appropriate for the relationship that these three wise men have to this baby lying in the manger or on his mother's knee. These are not cheap and easily found gifts. These are costly, expensive, honorable gifts that they are bringing. These are gifts that do exactly what we always picture the magi doing in our mind whenever we have our little children's pageant up here every year, or if you've been in pretty much any church pageant ever, the magi come to the front up the center aisle as we all sing We Three Kings, and then they present their gifts on bended knee to the baby Jesus. That's always how we picture the magi offering these gifts. And that's how it should be. These are expensive, worthy gifts which are given to honor someone. They are honoring the baby Jesus, offering their homage to him on bended knee. And so I think this is the lesson that we can learn, or at least one of the lessons we can pick up from the story of the Magi. This is a story that tells us something important about who Jesus is and what our own proper relationship to him should be. Like those Magi, we know through the stories of Scripture who this baby is going to grow up to be. We know him as a man, and we know this man is a king, that he is a god, and we also know that he is a man who will carry sorrows in his own body. And like those magi, we should see that our own proper relationship to Christ is one of honor, coming to pay homage, coming to see this infant, and the boy, and the man, Christ, as the Messiah, the Christ who has come to be with us. It's sort of totally opposite the picture that we see of him at Christmas, this baby lying in a dirty manger wrapped up in rags, forgotten in an animal stall in some tiny backwater town, completely forgotten to the world. That setting isn't grand or expected, but really Jesus never comes in grand or expected ways. But these magi, they knew. They knew who he was, and they give us this example for us to follow, that we too should kneel before this little baby boy, the one born for us in the city of David, the Christ, the one who has come to be the King, the Messiah, the man of sorrows, and the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.